Hello, people, and welcome to the People Building Podcast for what is going to be a slightly different and maybe even special podcast today. So I'm in uh, not so sunny at this moment in time, Bulgaria, uh, which is where I have an apartment where I come to escape from mainly people, which is kind of ironic given that I work in a helping people industry, but you know, it's the way it goes. Um, so there is not the usual razzmatazz. Um, the light is literally coming from my balcony light up there. Otherwise it's gray and there is a significant risk of a thunderstorm. Um, the sound, I mean, I bought my microphone, so there's that, uh, but you can also probably hear, um, the swimming pool, the kids, the birds, the people, lawnmowers, hedge cutters. I mean, it's all happening. So this, you know, for recording a podcast here is clearly a great idea. Um, but I did want to share something with all of you who hadn't heard and to also say um, a really big and very humbling thank you to all of you who have heard and been in touch about it. Um, and that is some very special news that I released last Thursday. So what day is it today, Thursday? About five days ago, something like that. Um, and uh, I've had some questions and some interesting conversations as a result of releasing that news. Um, and I thought it would make for an interesting show today if I were to address some of the questions that I've received. So if you didn't already know, uh, this is the post that was um, released, the, the press release that was released last Thursday. Um, I'm going to read it to you and then I'll just get jabbering away, um, you know, like I usually do, like I used to do on the old shows when it was all about me. <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah, let's jump into it. Okay, so this post was called The Truth I've Been Hiding for the Last Two Years. Back in 2022, I knew that as a result of learning so much about FTD, that's frontal temporal dementia, the brain disease that would eventually take my mum's life, I needed to do something more with what I had learned, something positive. Here's some context before I dive into what happened next. All right, so imagine like a dreamy screen where we're going into the past. My GCSE results, so back when I was, what, 16 GCSEs, my GCSE results were poor. I got two Bs, two Cs, five Ds, and one F. And the F was in IT, information technology. Uh, later, I did pretty well at college where I completed the NNEB. So that stands for National Nursery Examination Board. It's basically a qualification for those who want to work incredibly long hours for very little pay, taking care of other people's children. Uh, most of you know that I got so bored of this. I'm not going to lie, it was partly boredom and partly financial desperation. Um, I went on to set up five companies in self-development, primarily delivering NLP and hypnotherapy. Some of you may know those companies as People Building was my first company. Uh, so a training company with products around NLP and hypnotherapy. And 
a podcast if you hadn't noticed um and the other one is nlp for kids it's kind of like my other major company that's a children's franchise where we teach practitioners to work with uh, children and young people using nlp skills um i have the hypnotherapy and nlp clinic uh, which actually trades under people building that's kind of like my local therapy practice. Um, I have Gemma Bailey Limited, uh, which is um, another company through which I trade for my um, therapeutic work. I have Superheroes Limited, for which I'm a co-director. Um, it's a non-profit company that helps people to access mental health support if they can't afford it. Otherwise, um, I have NLP for Kids EU, uh, which is my European company. Um, there's actually others, but those are like, those are the ones you need to know about, I think. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. There's more than five, but most people only know about those five. There I am feeling itchy in my mind because I suddenly knew things about the brain and behavior that I hadn't known before. It was helping not just with my mum, but at work too. As the NHS struggled to cope with increasing demand for mental health services during COVID-19, the complexity of the clients coming to see me increased. So you have to remember that NLP and hypnotherapy, they're alternative therapies. They're not mainstream, they're not regulated, um, and practitioners of those modalities aren't really trained to work with anything other than uh, kind of mild mental health challenges in a coaching capacity it's not really designed to be uh, for really targeted therapeutic work um, such as for issues with um, eating disorders or self-harming um, those are kind of out of our wheelhouse and yet those are exactly the kind of people that we're working with now because the services that exist in society just can't meet the needs anymore. So we've had to step up and, you know, really sharpen up our skills and our training and our experience so that we're able to do what we can to help these people when we can. I started looking into improving my education, not in my usual short course alternative woo-woo way, but something with a bit more credibility. If my NNEB, so that's my nursery nursing qualification, remember, um, carried the UCAS points of two A-levels, as I had been told when I took it, maybe I could do a degree. I spoke to UCAS, who told me that my old NNEB course had no value. It was zero credits, because sadly, the NNEB no longer existed. It was superseded by a BTEC qualification, and any UCAS points had vanished along with it. So that was it. I couldn't go to uni. I was stuck. And that's the end of the story. Okay. No, of course it's not. Except uh, the bit where I called UCAS back and said, this sucks, or words to that effect. And the nice lady asked me what else I'd been doing except losing UCAS points on obsolete college courses and doing woo-woo therapy. So I said, oh, you know, a couple of businesses and a couple of franchises and a couple of books and YouTube channels and a podcast. So she suggested that I talk to the universities to see if they might like the sound of me anyway. The only problem was I wanted a psychology degree, which was both part-time and online for someone who has zero UCAS points. 
And the only one I could find was a master's. I'll be honest, I didn't know what a freaking master's was. I just didn't. I didn't know there was a hierarchy. I am not from an academic background and I have not associated with people who are. In my mind, bachelors were single blokes and masters were blokes who could afford servants. I've been a nanny. I know what masters are. So, yes, I did it. I applied for a master's without knowing what the heck it was and with no UCAS points. And I'll also tell you here something that I did not put in this press release was I didn't have any references either because my employer is me. Makes it very difficult for me to write my own reference. Somewhere along the lines, I got curious and started looking into the difference between a master's and a bachelor's and realised that the bachelor's came first. Whoops. But you know what? For a minute, it felt really good to dream about a brighter future where maybe all the work I was doing with NLP for kids and people building would get a bit more clout. I liked imagining tying more mainstream psychology into my practice. And I got a warm, fuzzy feeling when I thought about telling my mum that I was definitely the cleverest one she'd made because I'd gone to university and that I'd get to do that before she died. It was disappointing to realise that the call from the university would tell me that I'd skipped the bit where you need to get an education in order to get an education. And I didn't have one. So they rang and they said, congratulations. Yeah, I know what the actual... F I don't know if they were low on numbers or if the course director was high on something that she'd taken from a student's locker, but I got in. And so for the next two years, only my closest friends and family knew that my entire weekends were spent studying. Everyone else thought I was antisocial. This is also true. The NLP for Kids team knew that something was going on. They knew that one of our programs was part of a university study for a dissertation piece. They just didn't know that the dissertation was mine. And I was truly awful at academia. Um, as you can probably tell from basically everything about me, um, I sucked at writing and studying. Finding the time to learn how I was supposed to do that stuff was also hard. My mum was at the end of her life. And I was constantly getting calls to go to her bedside. It was like the this is it call, you know. Meanwhile, my alcoholic uncle, this is on my dad's side, was trying to create his own private episode of Hoarders in my grandparents' old home, which along with my cousins took an epic house clearance and downsizing that used up the entire summer between year one and two of my course. So I didn't have time in that period to sort of figure out how do I need to write in an academic way. I was just snowed under. My mum died. My sister went into a downhill spiral, resulting in a tube for feeding being fitted as she stopped eating, a catheter because she stopped peeing, and a wheelchair because she stopped walking. Add in lots of epilepsy seizures and top it off with the closing down of her care home, which was as part of a safeguarding issue. So it all happened within three months. And so a very panicky time finding somewhere new for her 
I then found the drunk uncle dead in the new apartment I'd got for him just the year before as I started the write-up of my dissertation. Did I mention that I was doing a master's? I should never have gotten on to whilst running five companies. Yes, all that shit really happened simultaneously. Now, my dissertation wasn't just asking a few people to complete a survey like everybody else on the course seemed to do. Uh, it was 10 videos of the NLP for Kids Overcome Anxiety program with 49 participants and a control group with everything built into an online portal with scientifically validated questionnaires programmed into it too, which I built myself. I recorded the video and did all the editing. So let's forget about the F that I got in my GCSE in IT. But today, my friends, I have news. Today I got my results. And I was not expecting much, nor should you. At this point in my story, just be glad I got through it. I know it makes children soft if they get rewards for taking part rather than achievement, but screw that right now. This was a serious endeavour. I want my place on the podium alongside the people that actually passed and did really bloody well academically. I never took an extension and I never handed in a piece of work late. Granted, the work was subpar quite a lot of the time, but it did get done. And I'm very proud because I got a 2-1. Actually, it was an upper class 2-1, just to mention that. That's a merit in case you didn't know what it meant either, because I didn't know. I scraped it. And I expected better of myself, but I did do it. So, yeah, now I have a master's in psychology. And when I released that information the other day, uh, firstly, I was very touched and very humbled by the emails, uh, WhatsApp messages, um, Facebook messages and comments that I got from everyone who knows the story already. So thank you if you if you made the effort to reach out and congratulate me. It really did. It meant an awful lot. I got some questions. I got some questions about what I did, how I did it, especially given that um, there was a lot of juggling going on at the time. And so I thought it may be useful to share some of what was happening for me internally and on a motivation level throughout that period of time because my hope is to get the fluff off of my face that I can currently feel um, and in, additionally my hope is that um, maybe and I, I don't I don't um, assume this to be true but maybe there are some ingredients that I had throughout that time that might be valuable for you to know about maybe so that's why I want to share this with you today so the first question is ooh, a big one um what are you motivated by probably a few things um I mean mm, so what am I motivated by is much more general than what was I motivated by in the context of this degree. So more generally, I am motivated by making money. I like doing that. 
because I grew up, uh, you know, it was just me and my mum. So it was a single parent family with my sister who had special needs. Um, and so I had a lot of negative programming around money because we were the people that didn't have it. <laughs> um, I'm sure I've said this before, but there's a wonderful Alvin Hall quote. Uh, so he is a financier and statistician. And he says that when he was growing up, they were not just poor, they were po because they couldn't afford the O and the R in the word. That was me. That was me. Um, yeah, so I am motivated in a financial sense. Um, and, you know, having my own businesses has not made it... Uh, it's made it easier in some ways because I have more command over my own finances, but it makes it tougher in other ways because you have much more responsibility. And, you know, especially when you have like a team as well and, and you also feel a responsibility to make sure that their mortgages get paid. Um, and then things like COVID happen. Uh, so yeah in some ways um having the businesses makes finance it gives me more opportunity but it gives me more responsibility which is not always such a nice thing um i'm also motivated by this is going to sound bad but i'm motivated by kind of proving myself and to some extent i'm proving myself to myself which i think is a good thing like I'm proving to myself that I, I can improve and do better. I think the reality is I quite like proving myself to other people, <laughs> especially um, I think with things like NLP and hypnotherapy, um, I know that I and my teams, so both PB team and the kids team, are doing really good work measurably statistically good work and uh you know you still like go on wikipedia and there's some old news on there about nlp being pseudoscience that's why i said is nlp still pseudoscience that was the title of my dissertation piece um so yeah i kind of you know, I haven't invested my life into these modalities to still even now have people saying it's nonsense, it doesn't work. Because I've seen, heard, felt and known that it's worked. So to be able to create something that proves that was super important. Um, and yeah, I think it's super important for NLP, but on a more personal level, it felt important to me to kind of prove that it's good. <laughs> to prove that I haven't been barking up the wrong tree all this time, you know? How did you plan the time? A friend of mine once said, if, you're, if you want something done, ask a busy person. And I think that's kind of true because when someone's busy, they are much more um, 
effective with their time. You know, they're more strict about where their time goes. Now, have I got this down completely? No. Like right now, like exactly right now, I am losing way too much time being back on social media, which I'd all but banned myself from whilst I was doing this degree. And I have like, I don't know, I feel kind of like shameful and dirty from doing that because I know it's dead time. I know that, you know, when I get to the end of my days, if you kind of look back and went, how much time did she spend looking at Instagram? And it tots up into perhaps extra days or months that I could have lived for, like literally been living instead of looking at a screen, um, that I'm going to regret the decision to have spent my time in that way. So I do at this moment in time need to um, unaddict myself <laughs> um, and, and wean myself back off of it. And I very quickly um, like slip back into that old habit, which I dislike, makes me feel dirty. Uh, so in terms of how did I manage the time though whilst I was doing the degree? So yeah, social media had to go. I actually got an app on my phone, um, which... I can't remember the name of it, but it's some kind of like parental controls blocker thing. Um, and I set that up so that I could literally, if I wanted to look at Facebook, there were windows of opportunity in the day when I could do it. And I couldn't just randomly do it whenever I wanted to for however long I wanted to. Um, and that helped me quite a lot. I use an app on my iPad, which is called Good Notes, And I pre pre-programmed the list of things that I needed to do over the weekend. So our office is closed on a Friday. So I kind of have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And um, I saved that list so that every Friday morning um, I could just create a new page in my notebook, hit a button and it would populate it with my Friday, Saturday, Sunday list. And those were kind of fixed to-do lists for every weekend for the last two years. Um, and I still do do use those today. Um, and then obviously, you know, depending on what was happening that weekend, I might need to adjust it slightly. But other than that, it was like the timetable was already made. I wasn't making the timetable every week. I wasn't sort of freewheeling it. Some people would say I'm really good at being organized, but I don't know as if it comes naturally to me. I think I'm very strict with myself. So I would do things like um, on a Thursday evening, do all of my housework to try and keep housework out of the weekend. Um, or I would spend all of Friday morning doing the cooking for the following week so that every evening I didn't have to cook dinner. I still had fresh food, but I was, you know, reheating it. Um so, yeah, things like that uh, really helped with my time management, I would say. So next question. Uh, did you know you would succeed? Oh, did I know I would succeed? I overall, yes. <laughs> I think I knew I was going to succeed. I, I also had to accept that I wasn't going to su succeed at the level and standard that I would have wanted because 
the circumstances that I told you about at the very top of the show made it pretty much impossible. You know, um, when my mum was passing, uh, so I'd been called to the care home and they were like, no, this, this really, really is it this time. And then it's still, it's still, that sounds like a bad way to put it. Uh, she actually still hung around for, I don't know, another five days or something. So I was there the entire time. I didn't leave. Um, I left once to come home and have a shower. It was the best shower I ever had in my life. Um, but yeah, it went on maybe not five days. Maybe it was three days. I'm just blurry. Um, and I had an assignment due in like maybe two weeks later. So I really needed to be studying. And so she was there uh, and not really conscious, maybe sort of in and out of consciousness. And I was reading her scientific articles <laughs> out loud um, to try and, you know, do two jobs at once, be there and be by her side whilst also studying. I thought if I was lucky, I would get a 2-1. I really wanted a first. And I feel like even though I obviously started on a really bad footing because I had no experience in academic writing before I got started because I'd skipped the bachelor's. Um, and the support is very low level on a master's, especially when it's online as well. It's like extra low level. So I feel like I... Um, you know, I was starting on the back foot and if everything else hadn't have been going on at the same time, I probably would have taken control of that a lot sooner, got tutoring sooner, you know, kind of just dived into YouTube videos that give you lots of help and support around academic writing. And I didn't really do those things until the final term. Uh, no, that's a lie final term was the dissertation so yeah probably like three quarters of the way in was where I started to take control of that situation um, and I think if I'd done that sooner then overall my grades would have been an awful lot better um, because I would have got more experience in doing things the way they should have been done all right next question how important was your support network? Here's where the support network was massively important. Um, we had a WhatsApp group for the university students. And actually, that was incredibly valuable. And we had one particular subject area where I was not alone in feeling like I had no idea what was going on. And that was when we did statistics. And... Um, and actually, I set up a Zoom call, uh, which we put out on the WhatsApp group, not really to support other people, but for me. And luckily, that kind of worked out well. So actually, in that respect, the support network was super valuable. But I will add that they were 
people that were kind of in the same boat. You know, we were literally all in the same boat, but also in this, I don't know what I'm trying to say. They're, they're all of a similar drive. You know, it was more about that. We were all driven in the same way. It wasn't just that we're all on the same course. It's that we were all undertaking a colossal challenge with other life circumstances happening around us um, and feeling quite uncertain at times. Whereas I think with my sort of friends and family, I didn't really tell them an awful lot about what was going on because they didn't really get it. <laughs> they didn't get why I was doing it either. Um, and so it, it couldn't feel important to them in the way that it was important to me. Are you proud? Kinda. <laughs> um, I think that what I am proud of is that not so much that I did it. It's more that the fact that I did it against the odds, you know, um, the odds I feel, and I, I don't mean this to sound like I'm feeling sorry for myself, but I really don't think it was weighted in my favor. And I'm sure everyone can say that to some extent. Um, but I'm going to say <laughs> mine is a much greater extent. So, yeah, definitely didn't feel like I had a shot or not as clean of a shot to begin with. And for lots of reasons, you know, the personal stuff that was going on, um, the lack of academic experience uh, kind of went against me. Um you know, in a sense, coming from alternative therapies went against me. I, I remember on, there was one lecture, and this was with my tutor as well. So she knew, she knew exactly what my background was. And she was talking about, I don't remember what module this was now, but she was talking about, you know, how um, there are these pseudosciences that exist within psychology or that claim to sort of fall under the umbrella of psychology and NLP is one of them and she said something like um, NLP practitioners claim that they can make one side of your brain communicate more effectively with the other side of your brain and that this is just nonsense and I was like what's nonsense is that you even said that like who whoever said this who that represents all of NLP ever said that they think that or that they believe it's factually true like it's just nonsense so yeah you know um i would say that my uh alternative background made me seem less credible as a candidate in the eyes of some of the lecturers i felt that they were um biased and just not very open-minded, you know. So that made me much more determined to do my dissertation on something related to NLP. Yeah, I do feel a bit smug. <laughs> that definitely crops up from time to time. I know that that's not an attractive quality, but I just do. Um, I think the biggest 
feeling. So what you have to bear in mind is that when I got my results, I was here. I was actually in Bulgaria and, and I was alone. And um, I knew what time the results were coming in. And I felt sick for the sort of four preceding hours until they arrived. And then when I looked and I saw the result, I was actually quite disappointed because I like getting like 80, 90, 100%. That's like my zone. I'll sit quite comfortably there. Um, and throughout this, I was getting, you know, a couple of 55s, and which is like passing, but kind of scraping through, kind of bouncing around the 60 mark. Some of my assignments went up to like a 70 something. That was in the later stages. And my dissertation piece was such a big piece of work in terms of the project. But nobody gives a shit about that. They just care about how you've written about it. And I knew that I wasn't going to be writing about it in as professional a way as somebody else might do about a project that was much less significant and much less, uh, you know, had much less effort put into it. So I kind of knew that that would be the case. Now, actually, what I got for the dissertation was 65, um, which is a merit. And it's a very um, it's a very credible merit. Would I have liked it to have been at least 70? Yes. But like I say, they weren't giving points for the fact that I built the online platform myself. They were giving points for did I put enough references in? to support what I was talking about. The bit where I got a real emotional ping was after I'd released the information about it all. Uh, where did you learn motivation from? Who were your role models? Where did I learn motivation from? I mean, I think both my parents were motivated but in different ways. Like my dad was super clever and he could do most things he put his mind to. It's just that most of what he put his mind to was alcohol. So that did not work out so well. Um, and I think my mum was very driven and very motivated if she set her eyes on something that she wanted, which usually was someone of the opposite sex. I guess my mum was like my main role model growing up and she would do things like decorate the entire house by herself or, um, you know, decide she was going to buy the house because it was a council house when we moved into it. And yeah, she made damn sure that that happened. So she, she was someone and actually when she, when she got the FTD in the beginning, like, her motivation was like hyperactive. Like it was really difficult to keep up with her. I swear to God, that woman could have pushed water that was running downhill back up again with her bare hands. Um, so yeah, she was kind of like a bit of a powerhouse in that way. And she could do something like something quite physical very energetically until she was absolutely completely wiped out and I definitely got that gene from her I think just 
enjoying the content kept me motivated. I did find it very challenging to read what I was supposed to be reading on the course. I don't think that there was one chapter in any one book that I read in its entirety. I swear to God, that's I know that's really bad. And I think when I realized that I could pass the modules without doing everything they told me to do, I was just kind of like, do the bare minimum possible to get through it because you've got other stuff that you need to put your attention on. So that definitely happened. Um, but yeah, I think that's all of the questions. So um, I hope that that's helpful in some way in um, giving you some insight into how my motivation works. I guess the things that I would say that were not maybe included in those questions, it could be useful for you to know in terms of how I motivate me is um, I'm a very visual person. And so I've got very clear um, movies in my mind of how I want the end to look, you know, like when this is finished, what's it going to look like? And of course it didn't look anything like that. Um, but it, that kind of kept me motivated at the time. It kept me on track to sort of know that that's what I was aiming for. Um, and I guess that's also part of, you know, being able to see what you want in the future is also part of having a plan to get yourself there and getting you to tap into the essential emotions that are going to be important that underpin your motivation. Um, so yeah, that's everything. I hope you enjoyed this special episode of the People Building Podcast. Um, I apologize for what's probably going to be really bad sound quality and certainly poor visual quality if you're watching on YouTube. But I'm sure that by the next episode, we will be resuming normal service tucked away in my little hidey hole in the loft. All right. But for now, everybody, thank you all so much for watching and listening. If you find this in any way useful or valuable, uh, please give it a thumbs up on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Um, if you are listening on a podcasting platform, please go ahead and give it some stars, would you? Um, and maybe write a little review as well, or at the very least, recommend it to someone that you know and care about. And I will see you all in my next video. Take care, everyone. Bye. People Building Podcast was produced and edited by Gemma Bailey. You can find out more information about our products and services on peoplebuilding.co.uk, where you can also join in the conversation around specific episodes. The information, opinions and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. It should not be considered professional advice. Unless specifically stated otherwise, we do not endorse, approve, recommend or certify any information product process service or organization that is presented within the podcast and information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement.